0: it is so good to see you all here today. What a group of people. And we are going to be continuing in our Acts 14 here for this month of July. And I believe that God has a word for the house. Now, I just want to lay it out there at the beginning. Uh, I've said this a couple times recently. These chapters right here in the middle of Acts, They are challenging, so I pray that even before, I've been praying that you would come ready to be challenged, ready to be encouraged, ready to take a step from where you are to where God wants us all to go, right? That's the goal, that's the plan, and that's what we're going to do today. Now, a few weeks ago, uh, I was out in Wyoming, got to tell a story or two, and uh, it was a blast, but one day we got to go whitewater rafting on the Snake River. Now, the Snake River, it is fed by the ice- the, the snow from the mountains, it is freezing. The day we went, thankfully, it was about 90 degrees. So the Lord shined upon us with some heat, but the water was freezing. And every time that water would splash on you, you're like, whoa, just freezing cold, right? Well, in the middle of this, there's 12 of us pastors that are on this raft. We're doing our thing. We're having a lot of fun the guide, who he made up some stuff, I'm pretty sure, in his narrating the river and of telling what would happen and telling, you know, all those sorts of things. I'm pretty sure he was making up stuff the whole way. But he's like, hey, anybody want to ride the bull here for the next rapids? Now, I had no clue what that meant. I knew what riding a bull was. I I like the mechanical bull. So, kind of looked around. No one else volunteered. So, I'm like, I'll do it. And so he's like, okay, what you're going to do is you are going to get up out of your seat where you can put your feet underneath. You kind of are locked in there a little bit. Uh, You're going to go sit on the front of the raft. Literally, the raft comes around. You sit up on top of it. You dangle your feet over the front. So the feet are just in front, like you go into the water. You just get smashed with water. Uh, And then you're going to ride there, holding on to one rope that comes out of the thing, and you're going to try to have your hand up like you're bull riding. Okay, so I'm like, awesome, that sounds right up my alley. Let's do this thing. Uh, he said, I don't think this could be true, but he said no one had ever made it in his raft all the way through the rapids without falling one way or another, out or in, and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. So I'm kind of in the moment, the very first, and he said the first wave that we're going to hit is the biggest. It's where everybody gets wiped out. We go into it, literally the boat like goes down inside of it, comes out. I'm holding on. If flew, threw me back a little, but I was good. I pulled myself. I stayed there. I accomplished it, made it through the rest of the rapids. But you know what happens in rapids? You go up and down. You're getting tossed to and fro. The people behind, in this case, I didn't have to paddle because I was sitting on front of the raft. I didn't have to do anything besides just get thrown back and forth, up and down, over and and forward. And you know, when I thought about life and thinking about actually what we're going to be reading here in a few minutes in Acts chapter 14— So often, life is just like going rafting, and maybe even just like riding the bull on the front of that raft, where sometimes life just throws you to the left, to the right, up and down. In fact, you take the last year and a half, I would say everybody in the world would say that to some level, there was being thrown up and down, over and around, not sure what to do, not sure where we're supposed to go, not sure what's safe, what's not safe. I mean, all of the things of life, but a COVID year is not the only year that those things happen. People die. Situations come. We get a good job and then somehow we lose a good job. We have a great relationship and we've got friends. And then all of a sudden we feel like we have no friends. Or then all of a sudden my marriage isn't where it should be. Or maybe it's even trying to take care of aging parents. Or maybe as a, 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 someone that's older in their years, your kids, you're like, what's wrong with you? All different things. All different places. We feel like life can be up and down feel like we're holding on for dear life. I think when we look at Paul and Barnabas specifically, the early church, so often that is uh, what they experienced as well. Last week we talked about the beginning of Acts chapter 14, and man, they had to flee a city because they were going to be killed, put to death, if they didn't. So they, in the end, it was like, okay, they were released, they went on, and then they come here to what we're going to be reading about today— and Lystra, and it all starts over again. And we're going to see the ups and the downs of what God had for them and what happened in their situation. So Acts 14, starting in verse 8, says, now at Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. Now just real fast before we read on, his whole entire life he had never used his feet. What an amazing opportunity, what an amazing moment in reading the New Testament. Yeah, Everyone, you can probably think, I know where this is going. This is going to be really fun. This is going to be exciting. But from birth had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul, looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. Now here we see faith that turns into a healing. We see the faith of Paul to go and to witness and to share Jesus. But we see the faith of a man who had literally never walked. Who said, man, this is my moment. I see something. This word, this truth, the power of the gospel, the power of Jesus is gonna do it. And you know how you know he had faith? Because if you've never walked a day in your life and someone tells you to get up and walk, you either laugh at them or you try to get up and walk. But this man had faith to believe. And when Paul spoke truth into his life, to said, get up and walk, spoke of the power of the gospel, it's exactly what he did. He said, well, now's as good a time as any to see what God has done. He stands to his feet. A healing takes place because the faith of this man. He went from hearing the words. He went from saying, this is a good message Being willing to say, I am going to stand up and I'm going to walk in the blessing and the healing that God has for me. The church, I think that's our prayer. Anybody that says, I want to try to follow Jesus, we need to move from hearing about Jesus to believing He is for us. And maybe the hardest thing is in every area of our lives. There's people in this room that we could have you we could have you come up on the stage and talk about the blessing and the power of God and, and a miracle that has taken place in your life. I could mention multiple times where God has healed me of different things, of being in a hospital in Springfield, Missouri, and God brought some pastors in that came and prayed. I was gonna have to go to a super dangerous sur- uh, surgery, and the next morning, I went home. We got to drive back to Ohio. God did a miracle. The doctor's like, don't know, that can't happen, but it did. And in some of your lives, you've experienced those sorts of things. You can believe, like, yeah, I believe. God can heal. God can do it. In fact, some of you, if this morning we had someone come up that needed a healing, you're going to be like, I want to run up there and be a part. I've got faith to believe, to put my faith with their faith. Maybe there's some other people in the room that you are like, I've not seen that so much, but maybe when it comes to finances. You say, you know what, God challenges me to do crazy stuff with the money that he lends and lets me use. So I'll give it, I'll pour into whatever it might be. Maybe Marysville, the campus, you're like, hey, I'm going to give substantially because God just called you and you're like, it's going to be good, God's going to take care of me. And you know what, there might be somebody around you who's like, oh man, I'm not sure if I could do that. I I, I tie, That's, that's about as much as I could do. There's faith, there's something to believe in relationships, in my job in who I am. There's, there's different levels to believe, but I want to be someone that believes in every area of my life. I have faith to believe that a healing, a miracle, the blessing of God can go with me, and I can say yes to him over and over and over again. I believe that's what we see here with Paul and Barnabas, and that's what we see as people connect their faith with theirs. He was ready faith turned into a healing. But in this story, it doesn't end there. That would be a pretty cool place to end. In fact, all of us in the room, definitely me, would prefer that's where it ended. Because now the story gets a little bit more difficult. Because this faith that turns into healing, that turns into, oh no. That is what we see in the next few verses, 11 through 13, go on. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in Lyconian, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. Now that took a big turn in a really, really short amount of time doing a little bit of research, it seems crazy. Like, okay, one miracle and they think it's, you know, it's the gods that have shown up. Well, in, in uh, their, their day and in some different things uh, that had been there and, and uh, their, their past and in stories of old, it talks about these gods that had came, that had done some crazy things. Obviously, they were only stories because they're not real. But that they had come and in their lore that, that these gods killed and wiped out a bunch of people because they didn't welcome them in. And so when Paul and Barnabas show up, they're like, this is the moment. This is the gods. They've showed up here. Paul and Barnabas couldn't understand. They were speaking in like the Lyconian language. They didn't know what was going on until obviously at a certain point, it was like, this is not good. This is a bad thing. We are apparently the objects of the worship instead of Jesus. It became, oh my goodness, what do we do now? What do we do in this situation And I believe that in our life, we have opportunities. We have to decide what happens when God blesses. What happens when God heals or makes new? What happens, maybe, I think in America, what happens when I have a job or I have money and I have to decide between honoring God with my job and with my life and my finances or doing my own thing? And sometimes my own thing might be good. It might be what's required in my job, but my family suffers or my relationships suffer. Or maybe even I'm blessed so much that I get more and more tight with what I have because I have it and I've got more and it's mine, it's what I'm going to have. We never know. The good things of life can become things that all of a sudden turn into a oh no. What do I do now? turns into a oh no. My life, it's positive maybe in a certain area, but it doesn't line up with the truth of the word of God. And all of a sudden, am I going to line up with Jesus, with what the word would say, or am I going to do what I am doing? Am I just going to walk in what I am walking? Be who I am. Believe that it's important and we see that your response to pleasure and blessing will set up the trajectory of your future. And if you're here today and you're like, man, I just like to feel good, or I just like a a positive moment, or if you're like Paul and Barnabas, man, it's really nice when everybody's cheering you on and like, you are great, you're the best, you've got this, your job, your whatever, you can put yourself in there. Who doesn't like that? Most of us in the room would be like, come on, everybody's going to shower me with blessing. In their case, probably shower them with riches and with everything they could. They would live like kings. And they say, oh no, this is no good. In our life, is that what we choose to do? Is say, oh Lord Jesus, I'm not going to become and put myself in your seat in my life. I'm not going to put myself as Lord or Master. But instead, even in blessing, in the good, even if it's a miracle, even if it's at an altar and at work praying and seeing something happen, I'm not going to take glory for what you have done. So easy to do, but Paul and Barnabas knew And they instantly turn it from, no, it's not about us. And they began to reveal the Lord through the situation. In verse 14, it goes on. But when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd, crying out, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you. And we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifices to them. This healing that turned into a, oh no, that turned into, yes, Lord, we're, we're pointing, pointing glory to you. It's what needs to be a pattern of our life, whether we're at the high peak of life or in a valley. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you all. Because they understood, they got it. And they even mentioned the good things, the good that came, the rain from heaven, the fruitful season, the, the, the food and gladness. It all comes from God. And even in our day, it's so easy to lose track of what really matters. It's easy to lose track of what brings me my food and my goodness and the things I enjoy, or what brings the rain The power of God in your life is way, way, way more important than a temporary pleasure or a temporary moment of of something that you've even desired in in the natural, but it doesn't line up with the word of God. We must be a people that give all glory and all honor and all power to the King of kings and the Lord of lords in the good moments and also when it's a little bit more difficult. Giving it all to Jesus. Lifting Him up in all things. Pointing praise and meaning of life to Jesus. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. But it's always the right thing. It's always the right thing to give Him glory. I've just been thinking and praying and just thinking through the summer. If you want to say up and down situations, we are so excited about Radiant Life Marysville. Just on Friday night, we were there. uh, There were about 40 of the launch team that was in the new facility that we are working to outfit with stuff. Pastor Matt, he's spending a lot of money right now. A lot of money. I think we bought 200 chairs. They should be here in August. So we're praying for. Early September. They're coming, right? We've got all this stuff that we're doing. And you know what is an amazing thing when you think about it it is the best. We are pumped. This is Pastor Rachel and I have been dreaming for at least a decade of this process. That's going to start in Marysville with Pastor Matt and Shana. But you know what else? As I was there the other night, you look around the room, and there were 40 or so there that night. And they're like, "We're not going to have worship." I can look at some across the room right now that they're going to be worshiping in Marysville, a part of the family. But we're going to be worshiping in different places, which means we're not going to see each other every Sunday morning, right? Even mentioning money, we're going to spend money, and a bunch of you have been so faithful to give to Marysville to make this possible, to give to what Radiant Life is doing now, but then in the future. If I continue down thinking, Pastor Rachel and I, we've committed, our goal is to give at least, at minimum, five grand to every campus that we launch. launch. So our goal is at least 10 in the next 10 years, which is a God-sized vision. Doesn't happen without God. But we're like, that means we're going to give 50 grand to launching campuses in the next 10 years over our tithe and missions and the things that God has us. It's like, Lord, I'm not sure. And when you think about it, it's like we're going to lose friends, but you know what else we're going to do? on a Not lose friends, but on a weekly basis feeling. But you know what else we're going to do? We're gonna have a whole bunch of more friends come from Marysville that get to be a part of what God's doing, that they're gonna end up in heaven because you that are going are willing to go and we that are here are like, come on, we're championing. We're gonna support. We're gonna build up. We're gonna make it happen. You've got kind of ups and downs even in the middle of the most exciting thing, in my opinion, of my entire life is getting to see this take place. I'm so pumped about what God is doing. And in our life, there's the same really just valleys, There's the same heights, there's the same road that we have to walk on in a daily basis sometimes. In your own life, if you look back over the last few years, you look back over your life, there's probably times when you're like, life is so easy, it's so wonderful, it's so great, and others where it's like, what is happening in the first service, I met a, a young man who talked about a couple of family members in the last six months that passed away in just terrible situations that's struggling. And guess what? He's like, I need more of God. I need to get back where he has me to be. There's times when maybe we're in valleys and there's times when it's not because we've done anything wrong, but life sometimes, if we're being real, doesn't go how we want. And Paul and Barnabas, they're sharing Jesus and all of a sudden, the crowds are saying, "You're God. We don't care about your God, but you are God." What do we do in these moments when we must let God be revealed through our life, but we sometimes are riding the way of saying, "Lord, would you give us your wisdom? Would you give us your guidance?" As we finish this section out, I think the Lord uh, speaks clearly through Paul and Barnabas, through his story. And that's not that necessarily everything just is going to be good, all is good, relationships good, family's good, my kids are good, maybe my aging parents are good. You know, in the room, lots of different situations. My job is good, not knowing what to do at my job because I feel like I'm, if I do what they want me to do, I don't feel like it's maybe what God would have me to do. Okay, all of the things of our life, sometimes it just works, and other times as we continue on, this might happen. Verse 19, but Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. Okay, that just doesn't seem right, right? Anybody in the room, like, yes, someone doing what God has, someone lifting up the name of Jesus, someone pointing praise. He's not supposed to get stoned. In fact, I've always said in movies I think it would be the greatest movie ever one time that you go and it's like 45 minutes into the, movie, or the, into the movie and like the end just happens. The credits roll, you know, the main person dies. It'd be like, what just happened? Like I would love to talk to Pastor Matt actually about that. He's a movie critic, like it would be amazing. Uh, everyone's looking at me like I'm absolutely insane. Like what is wrong with you? That's basically what it feels like here, right? It's like, what, what is going on? He gets stoned and left for dead. Or they supposed he was dead. They thought he was dead. Stoning in their day was something that they would do to kill people. It wasn't like, a okay, we're just going to kind of see what happens. In fact, I just grabbed a stone that was right outside of that door, and I was thinking just about dropping this stone on my toe. I was thinking about the pain that would come if I dropped this accidentally on my toe. We're talking about a whole bunch of people grabbing stones and chucking them at Paul. This is not a good day. And in fact, one of these dudes to the head with a good you know, baseball player type of person, that might just take care of the whole situation. You're in a moment, and sometimes we do not like to read verses like this, because we want everything just to go right in our view and estimation of right, but here we don't see that. We see that he is stoned, he is dragged out, they were supposed, are they supposed that he was dead? What an amazing story. And as I've been praying, I feel that God wants to speak so clearly that when we expect to not be in a fallen world and we expect everything to go well and we expect that to serve Jesus is simply easy, then we miss the entirety of what the Bible actually says, including Jesus who came to this earth and died on a cross, lived the sinless life so you and I could have eternal life with him. We miss the whole entire point, but we also have to keep it in mind that we When we say yes to him, he walks with us through every situation. He makes us and takes us from where we are, even when it's difficult, to where he would have us to be. And when you look at Paul and you look at Barnabas, it says, but when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. They didn't run away. They didn't go somewhere else. They literally rose up and said, what should we do? We probably should get up and charge the gates one more time. Let's go back into the city, and when God tells us to do something, then we'll go do it. And this morning's message is not like butterflies and sunshine. It's are you willing, are we willing to say yes to God, no matter what that means? Are we willing to say yes to God, and say you are all I need, and it's worth it. It is simply worth it to give my life for the sake of the gospel. It's worth it. Because I believe, church, that our call as Radiant Life Church is to say it's going to be worth it over and over and over again. To say, Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? Radiant Life Marysville is our first campus. We're going to do it over and over again. Dublin, right here. In the fall, we're going to get back into life groups. So excited to get into homes, to disciple. And I'm encouraging every single person, would you pray about giving maybe a space, maybe your house, maybe being a leader or all of us to be actively involved in life groups as I believe that's going to be our number one place of evangelization, of seeing people come into the church is get them to come to your house. That's pretty easy. Get someone to come over to your house for a barbecue and all of a sudden they wanna come back and all of a sudden they're in a Bible study and all of a sudden you're like, hey, you wanna go to church with me on Sunday? We'll all be there. There's something about it. And when we are growing and walking in God and we're not looking for the easy road, but we're like Paul and Barnabas saying, even if I'm stoned, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna go back into the city. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go be where God has called me to be because it is worth it to see one more person come to know Jesus. It's not about my house or my car. One of the guys that was with us in Wyoming, he talked about his boat all the time in a good way. He had people on his boat all the time. He took people out on his boat all the time. It was his number one discipleship tool, his number one evangelization tool. And I'm like, I I want a boat too, if I can do it that way, right? Like, let's use what God has given us, but not so that I can just keep my own stuff in my own house and my own way. But Lord, you've given me stuff. You've given me things. You've given me a place to live. And I may not need it bigger. I may not need, but Lord, I'm gonna use every single bit of what you've done to glorify you, to give it away, to pour it on the people in my world that need it. The last verse we'll read there, 20 and then again, and then 21, but when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, this is, this is awesome church. I hope this is us. They returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch. What were what were the big things about those places? They were stoned. They were kicked out. They were rejected. So what did they do? They said, I'm going to go do it again. I do not care what's going to come my way. I am willing to give everything for the sake of the gospel. I'm willing to share Jesus. I'm willing to, if it requires it, I'm not looking to lose my job. No one in the room is, but Lord, if I have to give up a job to honor you, I'm in. If I have to give up a job to share, I'm in. I would do whatever it is to see the power of the gospel poured forth. The end of the the first service, Pastor Dennis just came up to me and felt maybe specifically for someone during this service, but that we're not often stoned in America. In fact, I don't know that I've heard of that Ever. But we have received stones, stones thrown at us, maybe from a family member who you share Jesus with and they reject you and they push you away. Or friends or people that you try to share Jesus, it just feels like every time. And the challenge that he felt and that that is for today is one more time. Could we be willing to hear the Lord and say, Last time it didn't go like I would have wanted. Last time I got stoned, I got rejected, I had to flee. But this time, Lord, I'm going to go back and you open the door and I'm going to speak your truth. I'm going to lift up your name. I'm going to glorify you so that one more person can come to know Jesus. That believe that God is calling us. And the whole goal is that we would live in such a way that we make the results of our lives totally worth it it's not about the house houses are cool cars are cool stuff's cool but that doesn't make life worth it but when you make an impact on someone's life for the sake of the gospel when you bring people with you to heaven because you've shared you've talked you've lifted up his name you've just let normal be talking about the goodness of God. Normal is talking about what God has done in your life. Normal is talking about what God spoke at church on Sunday morning. Normal is singing worship and praise to God where people around you begin to hear and see and say, why in difficult times do you live differently? Why when things don't seem like they should be good you somehow still have joy in your life and we get to point praise to Jesus we get to proclaim him and lift up his name it's worth it healings, moments of oh no, moments of Lord Jesus, you, you have to show up, moments of even stoning where we feel rejected. It's totally worth it when we're not living it for our sake and our glory, but we're living it for God's glory, when we're living it so one more person can come to know Jesus. That's why it's not a a bummer to have some friends not here on a Sunday morning starting here in August and then full-time in October. It's exciting because it's all about one more person coming to know Jesus. It's all about one more person. As we close this morning, I believe that God wants to speak to some of you He wants to give some of you individuals that maybe in the past you've tried, you've shared, and it just hasn't gone like you would have wanted to go. It's time to re-engage. It's time to begin praying and even fasting for those around us to say, God, would you use me? God, would you show up in a powerful way so that my friend, maybe so my parent or a child or an aunt or an uncle, maybe somebody at your work, maybe someone who they are horrible to you, but God would call you To not treat them as an enemy, but to treat them as a friend. Would you let God speak to you? And maybe it all begins with the first part of, Lord, I want my life to line up with your word. That's where it all begins. And if today you'd say, I need to make something right, I need to turn something around in my life to line up with the truth of the word, do it. Do it. Make it happen. Maybe today you'd say, I've never given my life to Jesus. All you have to do is say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my past, and I make you the Lord of my life. You can add your own words in, in your own way, and all of a sudden, he welcomes you into the family. Those two things, making him, the word, true and active in your life, the number one thing is so vital, the most important decisions we can make. And then it opens the door for, Lord, how today can I point more people to you? How today can I give you more glory? How today can I make my life and the situations, the problems, the anxieties, the worries, make it all worth it? Because Jesus, someone is going to go to heaven with me because you got to flow through me. Church, he's good. Church, it's time. It's time to go all in with Jesus to follow Paul and Barnabas, to follow those in this room who have gone before us and they blazed the trail that we all would say yes to Jesus. If we could all over the room, if we could stand to our feet, we're gonna make this room an altar. Maybe you wanna come and join us at the altars. We'd love to pray with you. Maybe you're here and right where you are in your seat, that will be your altar. Maybe you're at home. You're singing in the future and right where you are making an altar. Say, Lord, it's worth it. The easy and the hard is worth it. When I love it and when, wow, it really sticks, it's worth it. If I'm saying yes, because you're with me. He walks with us. He goes with us. He brings us along. He helps us through the trials and the struggles. And he puts us where he would have us to be. He never leaves us. Paul, even when he was being stoned, <laughs> Jesus was with him. Stephen, while we're talking about stoning, he, God was with him. He doesn't leave us in those moments. But are we willing to say yes, no matter the cost? So Lord, this morning we are thankful. We're thankful for who you are. Lord, we thank, we're thankful even that your word is not just some simple thing. It's not just some social thing that we do at church. But Lord, you, your truth, it's all of us. It's everything. It's, it's everything we desire. Lord, I pray that's our heart. Lord, we want to make you the Lord in every area, in every part of us. And Lord, I pray that today, even to the point of being stoned, to the point of death, Lord, that we would say anything you desire of me, I will do. And Lord, it starts by lining up with the word, by doing what you'd have us to do. It starts by little conversations with friends or neighbors or family about who you are. It's little things like bringing people to our life groups or getting people to church or maybe taking people this afternoon to a water baptism where they could just be around a church in an environment that pushes people towards you. Lord, from the little things to maybe big situations in my life, Those that are struggling right now, I pray that you would walk with them, that you would bring them out of them, put them on solid ground, but not so it's easy, but Lord, so that someone else can know you. Lord, I pray that people in this room would have a desire, a belief, Lord, that when someone at their work needs encouraged or needs healed, Lord, that they would be the ones that say yes. They would be the ones that go and pray. They would be the ones that bring deliverance, Lord Jesus. Not at an altar but they would make everywhere they are an altar to you, God, and that we would be your hands and feet to our world. The world would see you, experience you, and know you, God, Lord Jesus, that everything of our life would point people to you and we would walk in the reality that it's worth it every time. It's worth it to say yes to you. It's worth it because we walk in your blessing we walk in your authority. We, will walk in, we walk in what you have for us. And many, many, many people will make it to heaven for each one that says yes to you. So we worship you. Lord, I pray that right now this place as an altar, we turn our hearts to you and you would speak people. You would speak maybe even people that can be texted or called today. People that over the next week or month we can get together with. Lord, to encourage, to share you with in a non-threatening way but in a way that you would lead us in and guide us in. Lord, you are good. We love you. Lead us, guide us, open our hearts to you. This is an altar to you this morning, God. Speak your truth. We're so thankful. Lord, we're thankful that we live in a free country. We're thankful that we live in a place where we can speak of you. We can proclaim you. And Lord, we don't have to worry about being actually stoned. But Lord, I pray that this week we would be willing to go wherever it is that you have us to go. And Lord, not only willing, but Lord, help us to do it. Help us to do it. The little things, the little conversations, the little trip across the street to a neighbor's house the text or the phone call to somebody that we can encourage. Lord, would you help us to say yes, Lord, to live according to your word, to live according to your standards.